uh, we're celebrating the Advent these, uh, these past two weeks and for the next, this week and then one more. Um, celebrating those things, we, we talked about hope uh, that Jesus brings and kind of the hope that he fosters in us and the hope that kind of wells up in our lives. And then we talked about uh, love last week. Brandon did a great job, or uh, Matthew did a great job talking about love, um, uh, kind of inspiring us to, to kind of work and, and fight for that as we love each other. And uh, this week we're going to talk about joy. Um, obviously from Joy to the World, that song was, was great. But I want to I wanna kind of confess, express something before we talk about joy of Christmas and the Advent and Jesus' coming. And uh, I, I don't tell a lot of people this because I get looked at like I'm a crazy person or that, like, I'm a communist or something. But I, I really have a hard time liking Christmas. I don't like it even a lot of times. And um, that's so funny. Someone over here, no names, was like, What? <laughs> just now, but it's really hard for me. And I was, and I don't share about it a whole lot because it's kind of a downer. You're like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, the Christmas spirit. And I'm like, ha ha ha, I hate it, you know? And no, I don't really, I shouldn't do that, you know? And we were at a party the other day and I was kind of, I kind of divulged that I dislike Christmas sometimes or that it's hard for me. And they're asking, well, why is that? You know, and I didn't really share all the way why because it was, it would have been kind of awkward or whatever to party. But the, the deal is, honestly, um, growing up, uh, Christmas just kind of reminds me of the time that my, my family split up um, growing up. And it was, it was around Christmas. My, my parents were divorced, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving-ish. And it was just really weird, you know? It's, it's weird when you have certain traditions and then you don't have them anymore and you do this new thing that both parents try to make awesome. And they did try so hard, you know, but it was just weird and odd and it was difficult. And so every time since then, you know, it gets better and I'm not perpetually sad about that or anything, but it's just kind of awkward to play out, you know, because you go to two or three or in my family situation last year, we did eight different Christmas kind of get togethers and that's just too much. And even talking about it, like makes me sweaty and makes me uncomfortable and like nervous on how you're supposed to react to that step whoever they are, that you aren't sure of their name anymore, but you're supposed to give them a gift and they give you one and it doesn't fit anything that you like, but you're like, thank you. I hate this so bad, you know? And so that's like Christmas for me. And so, you know, being, being married, we haven't been married a year yet. So this is our first Christmas and we're trying to like do new Christmas traditions. And 50% of us loves Christmas being the pretty 50%. And so we have a tree, which is awesome. And I like it. And we went and got it ourselves. And we have ornaments on it that we made, which was fun. You know, it was good times. But I say that because joy for me in Christmas is this kind of um, idea that usually escapes me. And I usually have to like conjure it up or fake it a little bit, you know, so it just makes me extra loud at a party, which no one thinks that's joyful. It's just obnoxious. But I'm like trying to fake that I'm having a good time. So I'm like, Merry Christmas, and no one likes that. But it's, it's just really hard for me, and all my life I've, I've struggled with this over Christmas. Like, we can do this, I can have joy, uh, uh, stink at it again, you know, and all this. But as Brandon was talking to me about, you know, we want you to teach about joy, I was like, oh, that's a mistake, you know, like, this could go badly. Um, but in thinking about it and, and looking at things, I've come back to the only, not the only, one of the main joy givers for me around now. And uh, not only one of the main 
joy givers, but what ends up, kind of want to talk about two different things this morning. What the joy giver is, kind of what fills us with this inexpressible, inescapable joy, and then our response to that and what that can look like. And and I only tell you that first part, not because I want to be pitiful this morning or like, have you tell me it's okay or anything like that. Um, It's just, I feel like a lot of you probably share that with me. And then also, I tell you that because when I read this and when Jesus says these things, and when I say them to you, I believe it all the way. It's all I got, you know, and I mean it. And I just, I guess I'm just trying to say that I'm not lying or I'm not faking. Okay, I guess if that makes it, not that anyone is that's up here, but you know what I mean. So I want you to turn to two passages before I talk myself into something crazy. John 15, okay, John 15. And then 2 Corinthians 8. So we're going to be in those two places. Um, we'll talk in the beginning about kind of where this joy is, is hopefully coming from. And then our response to it, okay? Um, so we want to talk about John 15 for a second. And um, I'm going to start in verse 5 and read kind of a few verses. So stay with me. Follow along if you have it. If not, I'll read loudly, I'm sure. So um, we'll be right there. And this is what it says. A uh, familiar passage for some of us. Jesus says, I am the vine... You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I remain in him, he will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into a fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Listen to this verse. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. And then verse 11, it's kind of where we're going to sit. I have told you this, so that. This word, these words, so that, are incredibly important. He's talking about this beautiful thing about the Father's interaction with the Son and the love that is kind of shared there between the two persons of the Trinity there, Jesus and His Father. And then he says also, you can also have that. I, I, I want you to experience that with us kind of thing. It's this collective, have this love, remain in me as I remain in the Father. Let's remain and abide close to one another And he says, I'm telling you this so that, which means something incredibly important is coming after the so that, so that my joy may be in you. I'm telling you this so that my joy may be inside of you and that your joy may be to the full. gives me such a big exhale. He says, here's the deal. The joy that is found in Jesus, the the most, I mean, the most joyful person kind of around, right? I mean, we would assume, seems to be having a good time with his life, right? He parties well. They love him for it. Um, Sinners love him for the way he parties with them. Pharisees kind of hate him for the way he parties with them, which makes us really like him, I'm assuming. Um, He expends joy that way. He heals people with joy. He, he raises this little girl back to life by calling her my sweet daughter is kind of the translation of this thing. He says, he's just a joyful, happy, loving, 
great Jesus, right? And he says, here's the deal though. The joy that is in me, I want you to have it. Okay, it's not something I want you to fake or conjure up or to kind of blindly wish for. I am telling you certain things. I'm giving you a teaching, giving you a way of living so that you can have this kind of joy in your life. And in fact, I want your joy to be the full kind of joy. It says, I want you to have it to the full. It's this word and idea of having it abundantly and overflowing while receiving more kind of thing. It's this interesting play on a, on a verb tense, but it doesn't matter. But it's this kind of having a lot of joy. It's kind of what he says. He says, I'm giving you this teaching. I just, I want you to know the joy that I have. And I want you to have it inside of you, welling up in you to the full. And that, that perks my ears, especially around now, you know? That, that says, okay, then what are you teaching? <laughs> you said you were teaching this, so I would have it. So what is it? And go back and he says, um, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you, now remain in my love. So stay close to it. Stay close to this love that I'm offering. Abide in this love, in this person, in this character, in this way that Jesus came to give. He says, I've come at great cost to give you my love. I've come at great cost to give you my hope. I've come at great cost to change the world with you. Abide in that. Remain. Grab onto it with both hands and and make it close to you. Fight for it, you know? Struggle through it over Christmas. Struggle through it on June 2nd, randomly enough. Because I want you to have that kind of abiding remain in my love so that we can experience his joy, right? And we say, well, what, what does it mean to remain in your love? That's kind of a, a vague-ish kind of thing to say. And he says it, actually, he kind of describes it to us. If you obey my commands, you remain in my love. We say, okay, that sounds great. I can obey his commands and therefore abide with Jesus, abide in him, in this personal relationship he has with the Father, that they expend love back and forth to each other. I can remain in the midst of that, enjoy it. He says, this is how obey my commands. And then he goes on further. My command is this in verse 12. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, right? Jesus says, here's the deal. If you want my joy to be in you, if you want it to kind of just overwhelm your being, if you want it to just burst out of your seams to where you you can't help but have it, it's not a, a faking it situation, It's not a squelching it situation. It's just happening to you. Abide in my love by obeying my commands, which are to love each other well. Love each other. And and honestly, the best example, one of the best examples of my life happened to me about a week ago as far as what joy, kind of how joy wells up in us when we're loving each other. Which again, sounds simplistic, but this is what I mean. Um... I have these friends in our restore group. I, I love our restore group, by the way. I, I know we, we try to, me and my wife try to tell them enough how much we love them, but I, I'm serious. We can have the worst week ever and we have them in our home and we just are filled with joy. It's ridiculous. It's like magic or something um, or a miracle. I, anyway, so it's a Christmas miracle. So we have them in our life and we 
they, we feel so incredibly loved by them, it's ridiculous. We don't think it's fair, you know, that they love us so well because we feel bumbling in our attempts to love them back, you know, sometimes. But last week, um, two of the guys, they've been spending a lot of time together, and they have this thing they do together on whatever day of the week, like Tuesday or something. They go and build bikes at Yellow Bike Project, and that's like their thing to do with each other. It's real cool. Um, they build each other's bikes. They've invited me to go. <laughs> I have yet to attend. Uh, Partly because uh, I don't have a bike. You know, I didn't have a bike. And partly because I'm just busy or whatever. So they're telling me how fun it is. They're experiencing, you know, this joy together doing these things. And then the other day, they invite me to coffee. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I like you guys. We'll go to coffee. So we have some coffee. And it was a trick. They were sneaky about this. So we're having coffee in this, like, sneak attack kind of thing. And we're just making small talk. I'm thinking, that's why we're there. They're lying. That's not why they're there, to have small talk with me. So we're having this small talk coffee experience. It's great. It's nice. I'm enjoying it. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like, well, we're about to go. Um, Why don't you come over here with us? And I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, And they know I just moved really close to work on the east side of Austin. And I've just been complaining about driving my my vehicle to work every day. Because it's like three minutes or something ridiculous. And I just feel weird about it. Um, So anyway, they come over and they're like, hey, what do you think about this bike right here? I'm like, it's cool. You know I want one. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't be a jerk to me. I was like, what the heck, jerks? It's a cool bike. That's what I think of it. It's a bicycle. I like bicycles. I don't have one like you guys do, but I like it. It's nice. And they're like, oh, no, man, that's, that's your bike. And again, I was like, wow, you guys aren't very smart. I know that's not my bike because I don't own one. Um, but no, I was like, don't be silly. That's, that's not a bike. I wish it was because it looks like it would fit me. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. We, like, we got you a bike and we fixed it up together. He, like, made you a bicycle. I was like, shut up, guys. You know, and I'm like, I'm getting all giddy and sweet. And I'm like, did you really make me a bike? <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah, man. It, was, it took forever to find your size because you're a weird-looking giant. But, yeah, here's your bicycle. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, my first bike at Christmas or something. I was like, I should ride it in the parking lot. They're like, yeah, you know, we're all, like, three giddy children, like just grinning about it, like fourth graders, or I don't know when I got my first bike, a seven-year-old. So I get on and I'm riding it around and I'm just grinning like a dork. And it's awesome, you know, and I turn the corner and I look and they're grinning like dorks, you know, and they're like, do you like it? I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. You don't even have to hold my seat or anything. Like I could do it all by myself. It was so awesome. And I just was so overwhelmed and so I rode it that night in the dark, even though I didn't have a light. And then I rode it the next day at work, even though it was freezing cold. And the whole time I'm pedaling, like this immense, ridiculous, childish joy is happening to me, right? And it's not like I'm trying to have joy, right? It's not it's like a controllable situation. It's just happening, right? And as they give it and back up and let me like it, that joy happens to them as they love me, Right? They obey his commands, loving me. And it fills them and me in the parking lot of Bennu with inexpressible joy to the full. I looked at the bike this morning and was like, hee hee. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> you know? Welling up in me. Joy to the full. Unquenchable kind of things. Right? Because they want to obey his commands. Because they want to abide 
in the love Jesus shares with the Father and with us, a broken people. That love is meant to be shared with each other so that the response and the kind of byproduct of that or the magical thing that happens with it is overwhelming joy. Unspeakable kind of stuff, right? Thankful kind of things. And so what... What do we do in response to such a crazy thing like Jesus coming to abide with us in this world? What do we do with that? Hopefully that does fill us with joy. And some of us, and I'm, I'm serious, on myself, that is why my, my joy at this time lingers because I'm so focused on myself that I don't abide very well in the love that Jesus offered. I don't. And that's, that's the truth of it. I'm so focused on stressful matters or gifting or my awkwardness, you know, in gift receiving, that it's hard for me to like enjoy the abiding, okay? To love one another is hard because I'm so focused on me. And so some of us, honestly, that's where we need to just stop and say, okay, this is what God has offered to me. Enjoy it. Be glad in the abiding. Be glad that we can remain in Christ by loving each other, by loving him, by enjoying this love that he gives and receives and passes along between friendships and passes along between church and a world, okay? And then, so what is our response to this joy? It's kind of where I go from there. And so I, I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 8. Talk about a, an interesting group of people that Paul is, is writing about, okay? He's not even really writing to them necessarily. He's writing about them. So this church, the group of churches in Macedonia, and he's writing about them and he's talking about them. And um, this is what he says. And now, my brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Okay, he says, I want you to know the wonderful things that happen, the grace, the, the things God has given to this church. I want you to know it. I want to express it to you so that it can help you live. And we say, oh, okay, it sounds great. Tell us about it. He says... Out of the most severe trial, which is how he starts, which is weird. It's like, oh, that's not grace. That's severe trial. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. He says, here's an interesting thing that has happened with this church. They understand even through trial, even through hardship and persecution and difficulty and a new faith kind of thing, this, this new way of doing life, this Jesus kind of living, there is trial in that. He said in the midst of the trial that they're finding in that kind of life, he said they have, however, an overwhelming joy. This joy that comes from remaining, abiding in that love, right? They've understood what it's like and how valuable it is to remain in the love of Jesus and his father. He said they understand that so well that it gives them overflowing joy. And when those two things, extreme trial, overwhelming joy, and then he says another one, deep poverty. He said those things are combined in their life. Now, when Paul says deep poverty, um, read a little about that. It's, it's not just they're poor kind of thing. Okay, the word deep in front of that kind of implies that it's more than just uh, we are poor, we have a hard time paying the rent for our house that is too much for us kind of thing, right? Their deep poverty includes um, 
being destitute and maybe not having money for food the next day. Or my kid is sick. God doesn't heal him. He cannot make it because I can't afford medicine. I can't afford a doctor. He's sick. I'm in deep poverty. It's, I don't have home. I don't have, you know, normal, you know, what we would say are normal life things that we take for granted kind of poverty. He said, these people have those three things going for them, right? Extreme trial, deep poverty, but overwhelming joy. And listen to what he says happened when those three things joined together. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, meaning we didn't ask them for it. Listen to this. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service. Another translation says, they begged us to let us give. To let them give. These people have severe trial. Not they're having hard times. Severe trial. They have deep poverty. And they go upon the apostles and beg and plead with them to allow them to be generous to this other church. What an interesting byproduct of those three things. Right? I look at my life and I look at opportunities to give and I plead with God to not let me give too much. Right? (laughs) So sad. We beg God not to let us sacrifice things we want to give as long as we can keep it in the budget we have set for ourselves that allows us certain amounts of going out to eat during the week, then I will give to that person or to that family or to that cause I find so dear right? Please don't make me give anymore, right? Please don't let me give any more of myself to this person who wants whatever from me they find valuable. Please don't let me. And yet they're the opposite. Their remaining in Jesus, their abiding in Christ gave them such an overwhelming joy that they pleaded and begged entirely without being asked to give out of their deep poverty and severe trial to other churches, to other people who in their eyes needed it more than them because their joy seemed to be enough for them. And that just sounds crazy to me. Sounds crazy. Sounds like the life I want. Sounds like the church I want to be a part of, you know. Because of our overwhelming joy our deep conviction to abide in our love for one another and our love for Jesus makes us so generous and so gracious that we plead and plead and plead to give. What a wonderful story that would be of a church and of a family, of your family, of yourself at work. The people, when they look at you when they look at your family and when they pass by your house on the block, they say, whoa, those, those people are a bit crazy. They're the most generous people I know. It's odd. <laughs> Too much overwhelming joy in that house. You know? <laughs> Maybe they won't say that, but you know what I mean. Don't, don't, we, don't we, like Brandon preached the first message of the Advent, don't we hope for that deeply? 
for some of us, like myself, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's something I, I barely dare to hope for because I just, you know, good grief if we did. We did love each other so well that it filled us with overwhelming joy that then loved other people and was generous to other people. This crazy cycle of redemption, maybe, restoration to our families and to our churches and to our city. That's, that's what I want so bad. You know? that's, that's the joy that I want the joy that, that we want on our street. It's the joy that I know these leaders and so many of you want for this body of people. So let's, let's have it. Abide in that love. Remain and enjoy it so that we will give in a, a wonderful way. Let me pray for us.